Looks like you missed your connection. We were, we were coming to get you. Please. Sai. Anara. Welcome to Tripod, a podcast about cinema's unofficial trilogies. Three films, which are not linked by the usual elements like characters or plot, but instead are connected by a director, or a writer, or an actor, or sometimes much, much less. Today, we're continuing our Uncaged trilogy with the 1997 Simon West directed Nicolas Cage starring action picture Con Air. <laughs> We're getting airborne. Baby. Was that the was that the the sound of that weird pulverizer that uh, Malkovich somehow ended up in? <laughs> Spoiler alert: Malkovich gets smushed real good. No, that was the sound. That was the sound of the title hitting the screen. Oh yes, of Midway course. Midway through like after that, the yeah. teaser, we just go. Yes, <laughs> very similar teaser to um to what was the other one we did? The Rock. The Rock. Very similar oh, in that it remember. was like, well, it was just that it and it's they both started with like, like, wide shots of like horizons with sunsets and military like personnel like running or like there was oh, it was very yeah. like military based. Both of them were like this one though was that was far more disconnected from the rest of the story. Yeah. The other really? one kind of made sense. The other one this was one like, was you, like you could hear the the, the the trauma that went into Ed Harris's yeah. character and what fed him for the rest of the film. But this one yeah. was just like Nicolas Cage is like a, a an army man and he's going to be like, like what was he? Like, wait, was it, was he, it Nick Cage or was it Cusack? No, Nicolas they, Cage is the decorated war hero. No, I know that because at the, but I was like at the start they're talking about um, U.S. Marshals and Cusack is a marshal, right? Like they're not talking who, about U.S. Marshals. They're talking about like Army Rangers. Oh, Army Rangers. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas yeah, Cage is a decorated Army Ranger. Yes, and Desert Storm or some. Something. But that—that's what I didn't get. Right? Is that it seemed as if he just graduated. So was he decorated? No, he was honorably discharged. He finished his service. Oh, he'd finished. Yeah. Okay, so that's. Finished. I thought that he'd like. I thought that he was like just getting started, and then this went is, back. <laughs> I was this like, "What's film, going, what is going on?" This film is so, so whack, man. Like, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get into it once we reach the end of the plot. But like, yeah, I mean, I've got a hot take. Film, the entire film feels like it's Nick Nicholas Cage's character Poe. Just like, obviously, he wants to meet his child, but he just wants to bust a nut with his girlfriend, his wife. I mean, <laughs> um, but like, it has the weirdest discordant ending, and it's just such a weird movie. It is such a weird movie, and my hot take is yeah. that I did not like this at all. I, I was like, it "That's felt, not such a hot take." You know what? I was like, I was like, in I, like, I sat down and watched it a couple nights ago, and I was like, "Oh, an hour and forty eight minutes or whatever it is." I was like, "Oh, brilliant!" Like so, like awesome because you know the, the Rock was like two twenty or something. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and. I'm not one to complain about watching movies, but like, you know, when you, when you, when you're not particularly looking forward to it, it's like those over two hour marks are like, yeah. can be rough. Oh, and yeah. as, when I saw that this was under two, I was like, oh, fantastic. I paused it at like an hour 10 thinking that it was like, had gone over the two hour mark somehow. Like I was, it was, it felt so long. It does stretch on for a while. It's a very, you could say it's the longest flight you've ever been on. Um, <laughs> and nothing happens. 
Yeah. Nothing happens yeah. in this film. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things happen. It's just not that interesting stuff. But, but I don't. Did you like the film at all? Were you entertained, or did I you mean, not like this movie? The picture. Sorry. Uh, I wasn't because it it turned a lot of actors who I like into people <laughs> who I really did not like, and not in a way that I was like like. I think I spoke a bit last episode about like, you know, how movies are so like, especially these kind of like adrenaline fueled, like high octane, you know, very masculine type films. I didn't, I, you know, I don't want to get into the same territory again, purely because of how obvious it is, I think, and how our listeners are probably going to be like, of course, like it's been 30 years since this was made. It's, 25. It's, well, yeah. 26. 26. Some, you know. Um, and it's like, yeah, of course there's going to be things in it that are like, you know, below our like social standards now and, you know, racist and sexist and all kinds of ists and all this. And we don't like, it's, it kind of, it's pointless uh, in some degree, it's pointless talking about it because it's like, yeah, of course it's like incredibly, but like this one shocked me on a level where I was like, they, because I think I read articles where they were like, you know, um, uh, Nick Cage and, and, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer again, showing up again in this trilogy was, they were both like, this is a, this is a, a movie with like really, uh, it, you know, it started as a character piece and it's, you know, all these characters are so, you know, it's character driven and, you know, we really get, it, it separates itself from the action pieces of, of, of the last few years because it's, a, you know, it's a film about characters. I'm like, these are the most like poorly crafted and awfully represented like character they're not character they're not they they they're cartoons like they're like they're 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 such they're the grossest of stereotypes and I, like it just stunned me again like i'm getting into territory that people are like of course yeah obviously they're like you know but it, i think it stunned me because of the fact that they were talking then like they'd broken new ground like they were like oh you've never seen a you've never seen a mexican character as as, as well portrayed as this one i'm like are you kidding like that kind of thing i'm like he's a serial rapist and all he thinks about is rape like what are you talking about and they're like oh they're really well-driven characters i'm like are you thinking that you're doing something here with the steve buscemi like sits down with the little girl thing and like we're meant to think he's like he's like reform i didn't know like there were so many things that i was like this is weird there's just weird shit going on in here and to be fair to give them the creators of this movie credit i don't think they really intended this to be anything more than a popcorn, a popcorn picture, basically. They wanted to make a fun action thrill ride. To me, I don't that makes have any it... pretensions about it trying to be, you know, a commentary on anything. No, it's not. But that's that. To me, that makes it worse because it's 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 a it's a general populist movie. It's a blockbuster. Ah. It's a movie that everyone will see. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not so, so. So that's why that's where it gets it gets into weird territory because they're like, hey, everyone's going to see this, so let's have let's have some easy target laughs kind of thing, you know. Um, but when I, I was saying that that no, nothing happens in this film, what I mean is that Nick Cage's character, um, Cameron Poe, mm. he he goes from a guy who wants to see his family to a guy who wants to see his family. <laughs> like, I don't see, there's no, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that they, like originally, right, what I was reading mm-hmm. is that his character because basically the the very you know easy quick way into the film is that Cameron Poe is this this army you know person he's been discharged um honorably discharged he's going back to the the south where he's from i don't even know like where mississippi or something um Mobile going back to, in alabama 
in Alabama. He going back okay. there to see to see his wife, um, who's pregnant. Um, they get into an altercation outside of a bar where these guys threaten him or threaten her, or they you know they surround him. He decides to fight. He kills one of them. The judge hilarious brutally, brutally like puts his nose through his brain kind of thing. <laughs> and then the judge it cuts to the court case and the dude, I wrote this down. The judge is like you are more weapon than man or something doesn't he say he's like you, you because like of, he's like because of your training you are basically a lethal weapon so you are not subject to the same laws as other people which yeah. i don't understand why why that is the case anyway he's sentenced to like seven years in prison he does his time and then he comes back out and he's put on this plane home but the plane is full of convicts and it all goes wrong that that that's like the first 10 minutes of this film it's crazy paced it's just set up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. A, a big teaser, and then straight into the movie, basically. But originally, yeah. right, the mu- the movie was meant to be about a convict who was reformed, and so therefore uh, kind of took out took down the bad guys. And yeah. apparently, Cage he was given the script on the set of The Rock, mm. and he um he he started to kind of work with Bruckheimer and the writer um about like trying to make this character more. Mm sympathetic and i think in that way kind of took any any ability for redemption away from him where he was like instead of being a bad guy from the start who goes to be a good guy why don't we just make him a, a soldier who wants to go home and see his kid it's it's like yeah it's so it, it 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 removed any actual like arc that the character might have had yeah and it seemed to be like there would be an arc he's he's a he's a violent man mm-hmm. you could say he's a hero i guess he's been in the the u.s rangers or whatever but he's a violent man. Um, yeah. He went to jail for uh, accidentally killing a guy in an altercation. Um, it could be one of those things where he's conflicted and doesn't want to have to fight to pretty much save himself and uh, the his friend on board the, the the flight. But really quickly, he just gets straight back into the violence. It's almost like it was trying to say violence isn't the answer, but it definitely is the answer. It yeah, seems like, like the- it was conflicted about what it was what it was trying to say the entire time. <laughs> and you're right, he doesn't learn fucking he doesn't change. He is no. an inelastic character. He's pretty much the same. Well, he like ascends will- he ascends to monkhood during his 8 years in prison, grows out hair <laughs> and like can just levitate almost. <laughs> and, then, and then he just brutally slaughters people until he can safely get back to um get back to his family and again there's something i want to bring up once we get to the end of the film because yeah it, it ends on a weird note in my mind okay like, the imagery I is just wait. off um i thought that um one of the funniest things i read was that the way cage got into his character was he grew out his hair and grew a big beard and then immediately when he got on set the um director was it who was it simon west Simon West. The director was like, uh, we don't want to, um, and Bruckheimer as well was like, uh, we've paid you 20 million for this. We don't want to hide your face. So shave the beard. And apparently there's this, I'll read this. Um, if I can find it, I'll just, I'll just, uh, editorialize it. But basically it was this, this, uh, Mm. this makeup artist saying that once, when she shaved the beard off, she saw Nick Cage's face just like fall. And he said, (laughs) like, basically he said, like, I've lost him. Like I've lost this character. It was all the beard. <laughs> oh, like, basically just being like, yeah, I can't like, you know, and so then it became a thing of like, well, you can have like a five o'clock shadow kind of thing and you can keep your hair. But then apparently Brockheimer was like, can you tie your hair up? And he was like, no, like I, I've already lost such a big part of him by shaving the beard. I have to leave his hair flowing. Um, 
It's just so, and and another crazy like um, Cusack, John Cusack, who plays kind of the the man Vince on the Larkin. ground. Yeah, U.S. Marshal. He's. Do you know what his similarly stupid way into the character was? Uh, I believe for ten points, he wanted to wear Birkenstocks. Yeah, I wanted to be the first action hero to wear sandals. Yeah, Birkenstocks. So he did that, and he was like, any, and, and basically, quote, he was like, eh, basically, uh, the rest came from there. It's like, what? <laughs> he doesn't hide the fact that he really didn't want to be on this film, I don't think. He, he and Malcolm. Neither does Cusack. Both, What's both, interesting is this movie has... Both is, Johns. It has both Johns. It's really interesting for having a cast assembled of like indie movie actors, you know? Yes. Nicolas Cage obviously is becoming the action blockbuster leading man. Yeah. But he's only done The Rock up until this point. So yeah. he's still technically in that indie artist realm. Then you got... Um, John Cusack, like we just mentioned, he's only done, he's only doing indie movies now, uh, at this point. And then Cyrus, the virus played by John Malkovich, John Malkovich. Thank you. Um, another indie movie guy, most of the prisoners, even, uh, Steve Buscemi, all indie movie yep. actors. And they've, they've been perfectly assembled for this yep. action movie ride, but a lot of them don't hide the fact that they didn't want to be there or at yeah. least John Cusack and, um, John Malkovich. Uh, there's an interview of, there's an interview at, I think Khan or something like that. Uh, some French TV show he's being interviewed for, and he doesn't hide the fact that he did very little prep work for his character. Um, this is, um, John Malkovich I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. He basically didn't know the lines for most of it, right? Didn't know the lines, uh, <laughs> improved a lot of them. The directors were happy with that. I mean, that just speaks to his talent, I guess, that he can just riff this kind of stuff off the cuff. Um, but yeah, and he Seemed like he didn't really care that much. Mm. Eh, whatever, fair enough. I can understand. Um, yeah, Malkovich sort of. was doing it for leverage for future projects, or for yeah. no, for money or something, or so, maybe both. And Pretty Cusack... much, it's like it's a way that they can fund artwork that's not going to be seen. Like this yeah. movie is guaranteed to make money and be seen by millions of people. Yeah. Um, whereas the stuff they are working on and still work on, um, don't have that kind of reach, basically. And so this is yeah. a great way to like you know, get their faces out there, earn some money and then fund them, fund the next couple of projects. Yeah. So uh, as a way, as a way to get into the plot, I wanted to read this from this um, empire magazine, 25 year kind of retrospective. Um, So basically, like we said, Nick Cage was given the script um, on the set of the rock. The script was uh, written by Scott Rosenberg, who um, was inspired by an article that he'd read um, in a newspaper a few years back, or, or maybe it was Jerry Bruckheimer was, it was his idea and he passed it on to this writer. He found this writer to do, to do this script, but basically it was an article read about the real life kind of con air where, you know, transfers, um, mm. you know, hospital visits, things like that. Prisoners need to move around the country. They put them on these big planes and, mm. and they were like, Hey, that'd make a good picture. What if that went wrong? Um, so the script was written, it was given to cage on the rock. He read it, made his, made his edits. And then, um, this says that uh, from the Empire article, just a few days after winning a Best Actor Oscar for playing a suicidal alcoholic in Mike Figgis's $3.5 million budgeted drama, Leaving Las Vegas, Nick Cage was in prison. He, producer Jerry Bruckheimer, director Simon West and writer Scott Rosenberg were visiting Folsom Max Security Prison in Sacramento, California, all part of this research for the seven, $70 million action blockbuster they were making. So they signed non, uh, no hostage waivers, basically ensuring that if they were uh, uh, taken prisoner or, or hostage um, or killed in the prison, 
that their families wouldn't sue. Um, and this article says they walked into the yard. It was busy. 2,000 prisoners walking and exercising. Gradually, they started to recognize Nick, says Rosenberg. So immediately you're like, wait, hang on. They've just literally walked into the prison yard. Like there doesn't seem to be any kind of like protection. Um, and Rosenberg says bigger and bigger groups started to gather around him asking questions. One wanted to make a film with him. And another guy came up to Nick and said, holy cow, it's really you. And Nick said, yeah, it's me. And then the guy said, yeah, it's you, Jerry Seinfeld. And then it says, this is the, this is the best bit, right? It says, Cage was not impressed, but as more and more cons approached him, the Hollywood crew got anxious. Uh, Rosenberg says, you could feel it getting slightly out of control. And then across the yard, a stabbing occurred. Guards grabbed the filmmakers and hustled them out of the yard fast. I say this now, says Brockheimer. I felt okay, but that's because I'm out of there. I was nervous. <laughs> and then he says, to borrow a line from Con Air, from the film itself, welcome to Con Air. <laughs> it's like, what? Con Air. Anyway, so that, that's like, yeah. that kind of sets the tone for how crazy the production of this film was. Yeah. Apparently, it was a crew of 400 people, two of which were women. Yeah. Which one of is them, like, was that one of the cast members? No, it wasn't the cast sounds, members. It was actually the actual crew. Well, yeah, maybe, but I think it was a crew of 400 and then the cast. Yeah. There's like two women, three women. If you can include the daughter, the daughter, the daughter by which I would, I would argue most dynamic performance in this film. Wrong. That is patently wrong. No, the daughter is the best, the most engaging performer (laughs) in this whole film. I guarantee she's great. What are you talking about? No, she's. I, mean, I, look, felt, I don't want to knock a child actor for her acting. I felt her but she fear. But she does a regular child acting I, job. No, no. I felt her fear and terror as Nick Cage uh, tried to give her that okay. <laughs> rabbit at the end of the. I was like, yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about. I was actually. like, don't give him. Don't give her that rabbit. It's been handled by murderers and it's dirty and it's like probably covered in propane. Like, what are you doing? This is the, this is the, we may as well talk about it now. This is what I wanted to talk about. It has such a weird discordant ending Yeah. where you expect, like I was expecting, and I'm not saying this would be a brilliant ending or anything like that, but you were expecting him to see lock eyes with his, with his wife and his daughter and then sort of just hugging it out and being He's like, yeah, uncomfortably we're back together family. or whatever. But in this, he looks like a broken man. <laughs> He looks like a completely emotionally broken man. Yeah. The way he's stuttering and unable to find words. Yeah. The way she is crying. Yeah. And the way he presses her in for a hug and she's yeah. still crying. And the whole like forest it's almost dump. like she was expecting to meet her hero. And instead she meets this complete bomb like completely destroyed human being Un- unhinged like blood splattered like she's just seen him careen across the vegas strip in a plane and then la- yeah. like and then basically like decapitate someone and then yes. and then he goes over to her with that kind of like really i mean we haven't even touched on the accent like oh, that's yeah. the biggest the hair and the accent is the biggest shift from 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 this film to, to from the rock like like yeah. he makes some big swings and not only that but oh my god he got jacked very got quickly jacked. he's enormous cage in this got film. jacked yes i feel like this is the, the true cage uncaged like he he was well yeah the, the key got given to him in the rock and then he opened the cage door in in con air 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, Sean Connery unlocked the cage. Yeah. Literally in, in The Rock. Yes. And then now he is he is untethered. Yes. And now he's sort of learning about himself and what he can do. And I think this is only going to come more and more together in Face Off, which I'm really excited to see. Oh, but... yeah. Fuck. We've still got another one. <laughs> Oh fuck! We got another one. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm excited for that. I'm excited for yeah, that one. I've heard yeah. good no, things. I mean, yeah. Look, this it is the is the ending of this movie. Is it secretly genius? Is it making some comment about how how the prison system breaks people and like there's there needs to be some kind of prison reform? I know that's that idea See, is that's, peppered throughout by John Cusack Pauly. It's yeah. just like oh, maybe the prison system's bad. I don't know. I don't know why I did that accent. John Cusack doesn't sound like that. <laughs> that sounded like the DEA guy. That sounded like the DEA guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, no, I don't know. I I know what you but mean. But then, yeah, if he the... sees the family, and it's all just tears, and like, fuck, this man is a shell of a human yeah. being. He's not. He's not. He's not the same man who came back from war. He seemed fine then. Now That's what's so crazy about busted. the whole structure of it is that we learn. We we meet him and his his fiance or his yeah. wife very quickly and then immediately they're they're you know eight years apart is mm. is structured as like a five minute window in the film yeah. so it, and yeah. so it, it feels like they haven't seen each other for like a couple weeks but obviously in the meantime he's been writing to his daughter yeah. and his daughter um again best performance in the movie uh is <laughs> is so like that would be such a strange dynamic to be and like I, I can't imagine I can't imagine that in a good scenario like let's say he lands at the airport he's clean he's well put together he's not in chains he's not bloody like an eight-year-old girl would be terrified to meet her father in that scenario let mm. alone in the blood splattered like Vegas strip kind of like on fire like the way she does meet him so I you know yeah. it's a it's a crazy um I think what they were trying to do is the is the diehard ending but obviously there's a kid in this one. So it's way more like, it's like, ah, we don't want the whole like wounded soldier, like, you know, sees the love of his life and they go off in a, in a space blanket kind of thing. It's like, yep. there's a child here and this has been the heart of the movie. And now, yep. now I'm sad because this girl is so scared of this monster yeah. who, who, who is now her father. Like, she seems terrified. Like yeah. this is a massive <laughs> letdown for her. She's like, yeah. Oh God, go back to prison, please. Yeah. It was like the, the 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 imagine like the the vision of Jesus Christ I'm <laughs> got my foot in my mouth today I don't know what's going on uh it's like I don't know yeah that's the point done <laughs> done scrap it it's garbage it's garbage I'm pretty much just reiterating what we said for many many minutes now I'm just yeah, agreeing yeah, yeah. with what we've said. Yeah, but again, is that the secret genius of the movie? Is it saying prison bad? Well, that's what's interesting, right, is because I don't think that, like, I think there's, like with all of these films, right, there seems to be that scattering of, like, intelligence or, like, of philosophy, right? And it's, it's John Cusack has that moment where he kind of quotes, like, a philosopher about, like, how, how like, the morality of man or, like, the prison system yeah. or whatever. Like, so there's always that, like, hint of, like, ah, uh, this is based on something. But then it never, like, it does, the film doesn't go on to touch, yeah. to talk about prison reform, to talk about what, like, you know, it's it's kind of trying to be, for 2% of the film, it's like, we're going to do what Shawshank did. But then it's like, we no, let's just make, let's just make <laughs> shit blow <laughs> no, up. Bug that shit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a flawed movie. I mean, look, I'll I don't think I've fully stated my feelings for the movie. I kind of liked it. I like I hate the expression leave your pretensions at the door. I think that's a, a silly expression when it comes to movies. Um I definitely didn't do that with this movie. Mm. Um I went in ex- I pretty much got exactly what I was expecting. But I agree. It's with a few changes it could be elevated to a to a much better movie. That says a lot more and it's a lot more enjoyable for a lot more people. The ending is weird. But I don't know. It could fails it, to like, say anything and the, the, the characters are unelastic. It's not stuff you really expect from a, a popcorn action movie. But yeah, the few tweaks here and there could be just, you know, that much better, basically. I don't know um, how you would redo this to make... Like, I think it's always going to be... Like, there's just... It's, it's. I think even just with, like, a prologue, like what with like what The Rock did, mm. have a little prologue where it's them happy and whatever and maybe like a voiceover from john cusack saying you know he's all the because he's saved all these people he's been given some kind of um his his record's been cleaned or something like that i have Mm. no idea because it seems like his life is only going to be like not getting it's only going to plateau from here it's not like there's a whole bunch of options for him now that he's out of prison yeah Uh, and I know one other aspect that this movie is doing is, or at least it's trying to do is it's trying to make the outside world seem as alien as possible. So I can't remember if it was the production designer or the director or the writer commenting on this, but the the locations they chose, they chose with the intention of making them feel foreign and alien because Mm. all the prisoners, all the inmates are meant to not, they're meant to feel like they don't belong in this world yet. It's meant to feel foreign to them. So Mm. they're in this, they're in this weird like junkyard desert world for a, a good chunk of it. They're in the air, the rest of it. And then yeah. they're in Las Vegas, which is a weird place to be in full stop basically. So I'm, again, I'm just trying to think, is this, is it saying that it's impossible to reintegrate with the world once you've been in prison or something? Is it trying to do that? Was it trying to do that? Did it accidentally do that? Or <laughs> am I just trying to glean something from this movie? Am I trying to satisfy myself in some way and seeing stuff that isn't there? That is my yeah, question. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I like the I like every point you just made. Um, I just think that it spends way too. I'm much pulling time. at straws to justify this movie. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't like I'm doing the best we can do. Anyway, ah oh, fuck. I think it's a silly movie, but I liked it, and I like Nicolas Cage as well. I think he gave the best performance. It's better than Little Girls. No, he gave one of the worst. He are you gave, kidding me? No, you, no. What? Well, wait look, a minute. I'm, wait, 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 wait. Shut look, up. Shut as we know, up. he's only Shut able to deliver 50% of Poe anyway. 50% of Poe was stripped away when they shaved his beard off. So, like, just imagine what he would have delivered with that beard. What I'm saying is, like, considering this is, you know... He's he's like a final boss in a in a video game using fifty percent of his power or something like that. I'm just saying, like, with that in mind, I think he delivered a pretty good performance. With respect to both <laughs> to both you, don't lie. There's, there's no respect in what you're. About I to say to felt me. like he was he had been like his character. I felt like Poe had been like had undergone like a prison lobotomy or something and then was like pushed <laughs> pushed in front of the camera. Was that because, just the accent though? I mean an but, Alabama uh, accent's hard to fucking deal with. But it's not monotone. 
he was he was like a southern robot. He was like a like and he's and a like military a, man who's gone to prison for eight years. Yeah, but like I don't know. Again, he's going for this weird ascended monk sort of character. Yeah, I, I I don't know what I wanted from it. I just thought I was just <laughs> I I was surprised because I've heard so much. Like this movie's been talked about a lot because it is yeah. kind of like the famous kind of first kind of big cage, like being crazy mo- movie kind of thing. If you, you know, yeah. As I was surprised, as well. In the role yes. he was supporting. This is, but I, I was surprised the... that well, actually, Malkovich, no, like, I, I don't know. Have I was surprised that, that, that Malkovich was quite like tame and that cage was quite tame. Like both you of them what? kind of play similarly kind of like, um, monotone, like not level headed, but like certainly like they're compared to everyone else who's going crazy and jumping off the screen. They're kind of like these kind of, you know, more even handed characters. And it's so like for that reason, I was kind of a little bit bored by them or like I was surprised by them because of the fact Mm. that this movie is talked about as like, Oh, have you haven't seen Conair? Like cage is nuts in that. I'm like, he's jacked and his hair is insane. Uh, But he's, but apart from that, he's like, he's like, kind of given like Forrest Gump vibes. Well, again, like Forrest Gump sounds completely stupid because of the Alabama accent. I'm not <laughs> trying to knock people with, I'm not trying to knock people from Alabama. It's just, it's a hard <laughs> accent to take really seriously. The Australian and New Zealand accents are hard to take seriously. Like this yeah. is one of those weird things. Yeah. 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 Like, so yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know. I, I agree with you that the accent has something to do with it, but I think the way he delivers it, which is so monotone, like, Put the bunny down. Put the bunny back in the box. Oh, why didn't you put the bunny back in the box? Like that kind of thing. I'm like, Jesus, man. Like there's got to be some some levels of other, like, you know, because he's, but it's definitely a choice because it's Nick Cage, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is a crazy look, choice. Considering, considering how off the wall he went. In, in The Rock. Yeah, I probably would have been good to see him, like, but that's the thing. absolutely cut snake. He was awesome in The Rock. I loved yeah. him in The Rock. Yeah. Him and him and Connery, fantastic. Good doer. Yep. And you know what I felt bad about is that he went from that where he was like, I mean, I he was, I didn't like the, I didn't love everything about the character, but like he was doing different stuff. He was kind of a weirdo. He was like, yeah. he just had a weird way about him. But then this one was just such a. Weird or fascinating, Matt? Let's try and use some like positive language. Weird or fascinating, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Cutting all of that. No. Um, <laughs> um I don't like yeah, this maybe. is one where we could get into the plot, but I feel like we can really skate through some like, you know, basically <laughs> this is it's like such a set piecey kind of a movie. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah. know if I could explain why think why certain things happen. Like why first of all, why is he put on this plane? In the first place. Secondly, why is because the movie happened because it's Con Air, okay? Yeah, he had but... to go on the plane because the movie's called Con Air. Yeah, but That's he's a free happened. man. He's a free man. So why is he put on this plane full of convicts? Yeah, because that's how they release convicts. They put them in a plane and then they they push them out the door. Why are they like pa- why are they area. why are they using taxpayer money to transport this man across the country? Why not just let him out of the prison and put him get him in a car or a, sometime get him, get in the, the 1950s? Home? Sometime in the 1950s, some American lawman wrote that any prisoner who's released from prison has to be pushed out of a plane with a parachute above <laughs> the place where they came from, and that's what they were going to do with him, but they couldn't because it got hijacked. But it went wrong. 
That is my um, best guess as to why anything happens in this movie. It's a pretty rad law. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, we can't get of... into the plot. I would be fascinated to get in there. Yeah. There's some well, interesting shit that happens. We've and kind again, of, well, like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, I'll, I'll be, I'll be illuminated by that. Um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, yeah. We've talked yeah. about the intro. We can pretty much start from the, the point where he's getting onto the plane, right? Like he's, He's had this this seven years in prison where he's been writing letters to his daughter. He's, him and his cellmate. Eight years. Eight years. Eight him, years. Him and his cellmate. Um, his cellmate, Baby Odell. Mike Odell. Otherwise known as Baby O. His name is Baby Odell? Well, his name is Mike Odell, a.k.a. Baby O. Because everyone has an inmate nickname in this movie. Yeah, everyone has an maybe a.k.a. <clears throat> yeah. Um, basically, yeah, well, it's he's released from prison and he has to be transferred to another prison upon release. Um, and then, yeah, he's getting transferred with his friend who's diabetic, which plays a big part of the movie that he has diabetes. And I fully Um, thought that I was going to have to watch, um, McKelty Williamson, uh, who, who is the, who plays, uh, Baba, right? From Forrest Gump. Is that him? Yeah, and I was like, this is not fair that in the space of three years, this actor has had to die in the arms of a, of a, of a, of a, of a like, dim-witted Alabama southern man. Alabama nitwit. No, but hang on, <laughs> Baby O doesn't die. What movie did I know. you watch? No, but that's the thing, when he was dying, and also, dying, like, right. when he should have died as well. I thought he yeah. should have died purely because of the amount of times he was shot and where he was shot. Like, I don't know how, he, and also, he was on the plane when it crashed. Yeah, look, the, they get on the plane and then we enter U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, played by John Cusack. He gives us a rundown of shit. Um, he wears Birkenstocks because... And then we also meet DEA agent Duncan Malloy. Uh, Duncan Malloy, he's one of the... They really turn that guy's like shitheadedness up to 11 as well. Yeah, he's such he's a... He's supposed to be the obstacle or the... In every one of these action movies, there's always a guy, either a young person or just some suit who doesn't get it. And we're supposed to like, you know, hate basically the, the entire yeah. movie. They turn, yeah. this This is Duncan Malloy basically. And they turn him up to 11 to the point where like his character means nothing. And I, I care so very little whenever he's on screen. Um, but one, one, I wouldn't say crucial part of the plot. It sounded, it, it, it seemed like it was meant to be crucial, but doesn't really do anything is that this DEA agent plants another one of his, one of his officers or agents onto the plane to get information on one of the inmates. They're trying That's to like, kind of, yeah, again, like this is, it happens cause the movie needs to happen. Like there needs to be a gun on the plane. But there already so was guns like, on the plane. So it's I know, like, I right. Know what... Like in the hold, like, and like, there's like a massive armory under the plane. It seems like that was supposed to be like an interesting plot point that didn't go anywhere. Like with The Rock, I said, I think I said this on The Rock in that episode. Um, I kept on expecting smart things to happen in the plot. Mm. Uh, and then this was one of those things where I was like, oh man, this is great. Uh, mm. This guy's got a gun that nobody knows about. How is this going to fuck everything up? Mm. Um, there's this quote from um, uh, the, the Master of Suspense, big old round guy. What's his name? Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, he says, mystery 
Mystery is when the spectator knows less than the characters in the movie. And suspense is when the spectator knows more than the characters in the movie. Mm. So we know there's a gun. No one else knows that there's a gun. We're like, oh, when is this go- when is this bomb going to go off, basically? And then it goes off immediately, and then nothing really happens from that. He dies, but we didn't know the guy anyway, so we don't get. Perfectly put. And not only that, but the other element of, like, suspense, in quotes, yeah. like, is so poorly done where for for um uh when the plane takes off gets taken over and then has to land for refueling or for for prison transfer kind of thing the 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 prisoners all um you know take the guards hostage they dress as guards they make it so that you know the guards on the on the airstrip that they land on aren't you know any the wiser and in the meantime dave Chappelle's yes dave Chappelle's in this by the way uh pinball his character takes a transponder which is like the gps tracker of the plane puts it in another plane and then talking about like suspense, like you were talking about, we, we know that the cops, the DEA agent, the grumpy man, we know that they're Malloy. following the wrong plane. Malloy, Malloy, Womack. We know, <laughs> we know, we know that they're following the wrong plane for what is it? Maybe 20 25 minutes of screen time what feels like, like a very big chunk of the movie we and, know that that yeah. we're ahead of them for so long in yeah. the pro that there is no like when they come over the hill and see the red plane it's like yeah we know like yeah it's it's so like if that was done two minutes before it happened like i don't you, there's ways to do it that would mean that we're actually more engaged but it's mm. it's like crazy well, how long that they kind of stretched that piece of string mm. where they were like ah you know it's gonna they're gonna find this they're going to find yeah. this plane. Yeah, the plot point you're describing is Malloy jumps in an attack helicopter with the intent to shoot down the plane, killing not only all the the the, the hijackers, but also the, you know, Poe and our main characters who are like otherwise relative, relatively innocent men or whatever. Um, and so the suspense is meant to be on, oh, fuck, once they reach that plane, he is dead. Yeah. So, so Larkin has to figure out a way to stop that. But then that is obviously diffused because we know they're not going anywhere near the plane. Yeah, we're not worried about them shooting down the plane. They're, and there's multiple the cutscenes of them like just talking about how dumb Larkin is, about how yeah. he's probably just like saving the rainforest or some bullshit. It's like, no, yeah. he's going to where the problem is. We know that you're not. Like yeah. it'd be one thing they should have just made it so we didn't know that they did the whole trans uh, transistor switch thing. Yes. See if they like if they showed us if they showed us doing the swap of something that we didn't know what it did. We'd be like, okay, mm. what was that? That's going to come up later. And then yeah. they could tell us and it would be a reveal and a, ah. Then we'd maybe. be along, then we'd be along for the ride in the attack copter chopper when they see the tours plane and there'd be a bit, there'd be, God forbid, some kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, unpredictability in this. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that sequence, uh, Malloy and the other agent going in the attack helicopters to shoot down the plane in inverted commas has some of my favorite uh, screenshots from a movie ever. And I've just sent you an image. I wish I could set it as my background, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I found it so funny with those two agents in their suits wearing their shades in the helicopter. Yeah. There was something so funny about it. Malloy is so good. Anyway. Oh God, man, we're really, man this is such an improvised jazz sequence of an episode <laughs> well they didn't do any better with the film no that's fair enough uh going back a few pages <clears throat> as the as all the inmates board um the jailbird uh which is a fairchild c123 provider jet 
Um, okay. We get a we get a roll call. We get a sort of roll call from Larkin, who sort of lists off all the inmates who are, go, who are getting on board. Yeah. Um, and they're all the the chief antagonists of the movie. The baddest we have, baddies <laughs> we've ever assembled on cinema screens. <laughs> it's basically what that is. Yeah, I loved how I did love how they had uh, um, credits with the images at the end. I liked that. I liked seeing all the. Like it was an end of a TV episode. We saw all the characters. That was, it was great. Not only the best part of the film, but the most <laughs> jolting, weirdest way. Like it felt like the end of like a college film where it's like, it's like, you know, oh, like. Happy days. Yeah. I thought they were going to be like pinball was pinball ended up fine after he landed from the 5,000 feet drop. He now works <laughs> as a doctor and like, like it felt like it was going to do that kind of like, yep. where are they now? Kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, and but, but the, the weirdest thing was for me was that they were all smiling, mm-hmm. including cause 80% of this movie is filled with like bad, like bad, like bad guys or whatever villains. So the way to, they ended it where they were like, oh, like it's all, and, and also not only are they all bad guys, but they all die in really gruesome ways. So then to go back and be like, Johnny 23 played by Danny Trejo. And it was him like smiling and like laughing. And you're like, I know that that scene is taken from when he was threatening to rape someone. Why are you making it to, with this music? That's just like high end, like, like fun comedy music. I'm like, why are you making me <laughs> like, like try to like this person now? And then it was like John Malkovich is who, like whatever the hell that uh, Cyrus, the virus. And then it's like, he's laughing as well. I'm like, I know that that's about a moment before he shoots someone. Like it's crazy. Uh, just in case you forgot, just in case you forgot who these people were, man. Yeah, I loved um, it. It was great. I, I wanna, love, I, I love, by the way, I, I hope I haven't, I hope everything I haven't I've said hasn't made you think that I, I, I loved this movie. It was fantastic. I thought you said you patently hated this movie. Yeah, I, I do. Like I didn't it. like it at all. What the? <laughs> you're just like the movie. You don't know what you're trying to say. No, not at all. <laughs> it tired me. I felt tired after watching it. It, yeah. Look, it didn't. How help can that, that my, happen? My partner was sleeping on my lap, and it made me extremely tired as well. And I wanted to go to bed. You, um, you got to stop. You got to stop calling your cat your partner, man. It's fucking it's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey. If Prop 23 passes, I legally can. <laughs> and more God like willing, prop, it will. <laughs> more like Prop 24, am I right? If Johnny 23... Well, that's oh, what Johnny right. 23 kept saying. Wow. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> it's really weird that I like grew to like Danny Trejo as, as Uncle Machete in uh, Spy Kids. Seeing Uncle him in Machete this movie was... In... Yeah, he's like I the... haven't seen Spy Kids in so long. He plays what? He plays their uncle. He's like he's like a fun really? uncle who likes he's like Antonio Banderas's brother who they they don't talk to each other. He's but an then, interesting Johnny Trejo's a really interesting, really interesting. Danny, performer. Danny, Danny, Danny. What the fuck not did I Johnny. call him? Johnny. He said it was called Johnny. You were combining. Oh, because there's John Malkovich and John Cusack. I get And his name's yeah, Johnny twenty three. And his name's Johnny twenty three. Danny Trejo. because he's, yeah. he's a he's a reformed prisoner. He, he, he went is. to prison for a very long amount of time and he is. He was, I think uh, heard this on some podcast or another and i've probably spoken to you about it but he was brought on however he however this happened he was eventually brought onto sets as a sort of reference for actors playing inmates yeah and so he's, he he's sort got of an incredible people. story yeah and then eventually i think it was probably um it's probably michael mann on heat or something like that mm. was just like why don't you act in this <laughs> You're doing a yeah. better job than these guys 
Um, yeah. And so that's how his career as an actor started. I think Michael Mann either went and did a film in prison or he knew someone who had done yeah. that and they'd met Trejo there and he get, yeah, got his start As there. a consultant. He's an amazing, sorry, consultant, yeah, yeah. amazing story. Great, great. Um, he's done some great stuff. But yeah, it was interesting. I heard a podcast with him talking about Con Air right. on it. And he oh. was saying that it was the most of anywhere he's ever been in his life. Not only not only film sets, but prison prison <laughs> yards. He was saying that the set of Con Air, especially when they were in the desert for like those three weeks shooting that sequence yes. in the where they uh, ambush the cops. Mm. He was saying that that was the most adrenal, uh, most testosterone fueled, mm. like machismo environment he's ever been in. Yeah, and that people were just like having fights during the break, like wrestling, doing push ups. Yep. Um, and Who could he did do the most of this, the most of that. Yeah, spitting yeah. competitions. He said that four, 400 <laughs> crew would just descend on this little desert town where there was a casino, yeah. a bar, a strip club. He was like, it's, it sounded like... like um, Bedlam, basically. Bedlam, exactly. Like, or, you know, like uh, the Sin City kind of stuff. Um, oh but he said, this is what was craziest, right? Is he goes... Um, who do you reckon the craziest or the most badass guy that he met on the in in terms of the actors? Yep. Who do you think he said was the most badass that he would he was most afraid of? I want to play along, but I have read this interview and I think it was Nicolas Cage. See, I read that too, but the yeah. podcast he said oh. it was John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. And everyone that man was wearing Birkenstocks out in the yeah. desert, man. That guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah everyone on the podcast this is um how did this get made uh for those oh of God. you who haven't heard it but he said in this interview yeah and they were all like what that's crazy how could this be uh how could that be true he's like he's just got crazy eyes man like he's just <laughs> and he's and apparently he's like a, a really good kickboxer or something like he's like yeah i wouldn't uh, mess with him fucking hilarious anyway Barefoot john cusack scariest guy yeah. Oh my god. I mean, he does. He's a great performer. He does have lots of like untethered rage in this. Mm. The amount of shouting that goes on between him and fucking Malloy. Brilliant. Yes. Good stuff. Um. Well, I just want to list off the actor, the the, the inmates we have on this flight, mm-hmm. just because they all they've all got fun names. Um. They all get a fun little intro. Um. They sort of set the stakes for us as we enter the flight, basically. <clears throat> at the top of the list, at the top of the list, we have William Billy Bedlam Bedford. Uh, it's played by Nick Chinland, which is a great name. Chinland. Uh, John Johnny 23 Barker, which is the Johnny Trejo character we've talked so much about. Nathan Diamond Dog Jones, who's a black militant activist. This whole like humor section felt a bit odd. And like the note that like, <laughs> that note that Larkin makes about Denzel playing him in a movie or something like that. Yeah, the lines, the that? They're looking at Denzel for the movie. If Such I was Denzel, I would have, I would have sued this movie for saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and this, like, I'm just trying to think timeline wise here, how like he's a black militant activist who's been in prison for how many years, how many years after um, civil rights, no, uh, Malcolm X, because Denzel Washington was in Malcolm X. How many years mm. after that was this? Oh. Was this some weird kind of sting at that? I don't know. Maybe. Seems like it was. I, I mean, if the jo- if they wanted the joke to work, I would have said they're looking at Ving Rhames to play him in the movie because Ving Rhames plays this guy in the in Con Air. That would have confused me so immensely. I'm <laughs> glad they didn't do that. Uh, anyway. That seemed like a weird little footnote in the movie. And then, of course, Cyrus the Virus Grissom, played by John Cusack, who's done it all. Extortion, murder. John Malkovich. What the fuck did I say? 
John Cusack. Did I say John Cusack? Oh, that would have written, that would have written that would John have, Cusack here. That would have confused me immensely. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's confusing, even though it's really dumb and simple and fun. Again, the the proverbial bomb under the coffee table that um uh, that uh, Alfred Hitchcock talks about is sort of set up. One of the, the a DEA agent is planted on board with a gun. Uh, which, um, uh, which Larkin says, you know, not to do, um, but Malloy does it anyway. He plants a gun on his agent and sets him on board. Um, so that sets up a little bit of tension. Like, okay, when's this bomb going to go off basically? Uh, and then the plane takes off. Uh, it's pretty gross how uh, they have like little pins snuck up in their palms. Oh yeah. That would be the thing. Like people talk about like the things you're willing to do to survive. And that's one thing I wouldn't be willing to do to survive. Like if I had to sneak like a nail, it's like a, an index finger length nail up my palm, I'd say, mm. no, I'll stay in prison forever. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think that often where, where I often think that where in, in movies and TV shows, people readily like slice their palms to either make like a blood pact or like to like, if it's like yeah. a fantasy or it's like something where they have yeah. to give blood or people Parts of the Caribbean kind style. Of, yeah, people just happily take a blade to their palm and slice it. I'm like, that would hurt so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love if you to, had to see cut it... your finger with a knife when you're cooking. It hurts a lot. If you had to like... cut open your palm, yeah. it would it would cane. Yeah, just like the just like the the amount of like prep you'd need to get in there. Yes. I guess these are about like much more like tough characters than we are. But that's I the thing that the, the, it's always portrayed as just a, like a ah, like that. Whereas yeah. in reality, it would be like, oh, 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 <laughs> uh, I'd love to see because this is a trope that happens a lot in vampire movies where like one vampire is dying and like thirsting for blood. And then a, like a buddying vampire is like, here, brother. And they'll like chop their wrist or something. Yeah. But I'd love to see them go, ow, oh, God, that hurts. Jesus. <laughs> Gee, that's smart. We should also mention this has one of the most iconic images of Nicolas Cage as well, which is. Nick stepping out of the prison bus to board the plane as a free man and feeling the wind caress his hair and he like stares up into the sun and does that little smile. Yeah, a literally. Gift that has been shared millions, if not billions, of times around the world. Literally, my first note when I was watching this was Nick getting off the bus <laughs> because I was just <laughs> like, I, I, was, I was so unaware of it. I actually have never. I don't. I've seen like most, you know, kind of. I would think most popular gifts, but I've never mm. seen that. Mm. Really? You've not seen that I mean, image of him? I don't know. That's why it wow. was such a, that why, that's why it was such a, a surprise when I wasn't expecting mm. it. So when it came, I was like, wait, what, why is he so happy? And then I was like, oh, cause he's like, he's, he's free. So then so I was like, a breeze but, on his face. And then I was but like, again, but wait, this why is, is one he? Of those things. A lot of people like to knock Nicolas Cage for being a meme or whatever. I, I like, since starting this research, I really, I like a completely, uh, disavow all that now because I think he's such a great performer. But this is one of those things where it's like his decision to go long hair, um, beard, Alabama accent. It all leans into that exact moment. Would that moment, you know, swap Nicolas Cage out for another a forgotten nine, 90s movie <clears throat> action lead and it would not be nearly as like interesting or fascinating and an artifact to look back at. So I applaud Nick for going with the long hair look. I think it was genius that's all i have to say now you say something 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's just kind of letting that sink in. I'm like, I guess, but is it is it memorable? Like the fact that it's memorable. Yeah. Is it purely because of the like the kind of big swings he made? Like, is that what mm. you're saying? Pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Hey, you know, if someone's swinging for the fences, so long as it's like in service of their character and the story, which I think it is. Yeah, but I would argue that this is more of a strikeout than like a home run kind of thing, you know? Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, that's a fair enough thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I like, I have not looked up any like reviews for this movie, but I, for some reason, remember hearing or seeing that like he got like relatively positive reviews for his performance in this movie. I'd love to know what Siskel and Ebert think. That seems that seems crazy. I mean, I love I, I love I love the guy. I really do. That's the thing, man. I like we talked about it last episode. Nick Cage is in some of my favorite movies. Yeah, and I guess yeah. this is what He's drives a man. this is what drives the whole like endless debate about him as an actor which is that question like is he good and it's like in some things he's great and in some things he does things that are that are look he's always going to be interesting right he's never going to be doing something that like for me in this movie he is interesting because he makes it seem like he's a bad actor like he does stuff that he he does stuff that i'm like what is this? Like, I get the accent, right? But I'm like, what's with the delivery? What's with the tone? Like, what? Like, I it it, it staggered me the 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 kind of delivery that he's giving in this. Fascinating, yeah. I mean, hey, that's uh, perfectly like that's a perfectly valid thing. What do you to think? Say. What do What do you like about it? Is that, like, what do you what do you what? Because I'm happy to be changed. My opinion to be changed. I'm just. <laughs> you, do you like it purely because it's like a meme? Like because it's funny, or do you actually think it's good? No, no, definitely not that. I like his performance compared to the rest of the movie was the most positive takeaway for me. I think so. Maybe it's just one of those things where compared to the rest of the film, I was like, all right, that's something I know I like, and that stand that like when compared to the rest of the movie, like stands out to me, maybe it was a case of that. Uh, I just think, I just think like, he's not like a very interestingly written character. No. Like what could could a less, like a less equipped actor do with this role is my question. I guess at this point, Nicholas Cage is quite a bit of clout and he has a bit of like say over the characters he gets to play in the movies he's in. But you know, what could I'm trying to think of an, an, you know, an actor from that era who could try and fill these shoes, and I'm blanking. You're right. It was not a well written character in the sense that most of his lines can be summed up as things that are like, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, the people on this plane are crazy, or you know, threats, or just lines like "I'm going to save the day," like that kind of thing. They're they're not they're not like he never really has a moment. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't recall a moment in the film where he talks to like what he believes in or his principles or like anything that kind of gives us a character, a sense of character. Like he is very much like an archetypal. Like he he stands up for his wife. He gets put in prison because of it, and he's you know now got to save this he's got to save his friend and this other guard to you know from this plane full of crazies like he keeps saying but so he never really has a a moment where you kind of get to know him more than that um and the the whole like 
I was going to say like the accent part, like is, I can't remember what I was going to, anyway, we can, we can edit that with, with how we want to finish it. But I, I can't remember what it was, what the point of that was, but it was like, I don't know. He's just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do the thing that you like. Yeah. He never, I see. That's the thing. I, I don't think he is uncaged in this. <sighs> I mean, well, ironically he's in prison for most of the movie again. Um, so he's literally behind a cage. He's but, so well, it's like, monotonous. It's like we talked, so, we talked a lot. So deadpan. <clears throat> yeah. That it's like hard to get on board with it. Like he's not, I don't find him charming. Yeah. I don't find him I, charismatic. I find I, him robotic and quite like, you know, to, 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 to a point that it's kind of distracting. He feels mm-hmm. like he's in a different. I, I found know. him, I found him charming towards the start of the movie. I think he has less to do. He has less to do in the in the middle of the movie with all those prison mates. But we talked about The Rock being this passing of the torch from Sean Connery to Nicolas Cage, essentially mm. saying, you're the new action lead now. Um, run with it and do as you will. Um, and it feels like, yeah, I guess his first decision was, okay, well, now that I'm the action lead, maybe I got to play, play it a bit more maybe I've got to like rein it in a bit and be a bit more cool and steely, you know, a bit more mm. James Bond-esque. Maybe that's what he was trying to do here. And yeah, maybe it didn't, it, as you could say, it didn't work as well. I personally was fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> eh? Anyway, we're, we've completely gone on a tangent here and we're so far away from the plot. Um, we're off course. We're like those two agents chasing after the plane. Yeah. Okay, staying on the subject of Nicolas Cage for just one more moment. There's this quote I've been really interested in. In a really early interview of his, he was on the the Dick Cavett show or something like that. He was only just starting to break out as an actor. He had this quote where he said he gravitates toward human characters in impossible situations who try to maintain their dignity. And I've been thinking about this a lot whenever I look at any one of his movies. He's always after these relatively sympathetic characters who, yeah, they're they're always stuck in a situation they never wanted to be in in the first place. So that's clear in The Rock, obviously. Nerdy scientist, doesn't want to be an action hero. He's thrust into that position, basically. Hmm. In this one, and we talked about this film having a lot of edits from Nicolas Cage and and Jerry Brockheimer. Um, Him being a military man was probably one of them. He was like, okay, What's something that would work? What if it's like a disgraced, a disgraced soldier who's put in prison for a crime? As you know, Larkin puts it, any one of us could commit. Um, which is killing a guy by shoving his nose through his skull. Which I don't mm. know if any one of us could commit. No, um, and also but... the circumstances of which are like, hey man, get in your car and drive off with your wife. Don't yeah. engage with these three. They they don't actually push him to. Sur- they surround him only because he walks towards them. Yep. Yeah, so he yeah, yeah. like he is fully at fault for what happened. Yeah. But it feels like this movie needed to end on a note where it says, okay, it, it needs to pick a side, basically. It's like, okay. Ah, fuck, this movie flummoxes me, man. It flummoxes me hard. Every time I think I get close <laughs> to like solving its riddle, it let's, just it eludes me. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if Nicolas Cage himself can illuminate this. I don't know okay. if this is going to be anything, but let's listen to this for a second. What motivated me to play Cameron Poe was the notion of the, the rehabilitated prisoner 
on parole, going home Back to up. see his family. It's my daughter. He says no personal possessions on his airplane. Just as long as you know, I'll be getting that back at some point. It takes you on a ride, a very rough ride. You become him in this movie. What would you do if you're uh, strapped in a plane with a bunch of these uh, insane convicts? What you looking at, punk? Nothing. I was just admiring your cage. It is an interesting <laughs> concept. I think. <laughs> If a super criminal took over the plane and, and had a plan. I love that line. It is an interesting concept to imagine what would happen if a super criminal took over a plane and had a plan. <laughs> Jesus, what if a movie happened? But you kind of hit the nail on the head there where you were saying like he's interested in playing characters who are rehabilitated. But yeah. Nick, it, yes. his character okay. never you. rehabilitated. Yes. Yes, and this movie, it, it's like it's like this, he needed to say to himself, okay, I know I have the ability to fight and kick ass and like stop these people, but I don't want to because I know I will hurt people. Mm. It's almost like it needed to do that, and that way the ending would work because he does that, saves the day, but then still he ends up being a broken man, mm. and now he has to somehow reintegrate with normal life. Mm. It yeah. feels like with a few minor like touches here and there, it could be relatively but profound. That is, as and profound that's, as I a think movie, hang on, as profound as no, no. a movie about like prisoners on a plane could be, I feel like it could hit that, but it doesn't. I totally agree, man. And that's the that's part of the issue in these action films about characters who are these kind of unstoppable, undefeatable, lethal weapon type. Like, there's, I think it's such an interesting trope of these films where it's like the, the CIA agent, the FBI agent retired has to like force back to his old ways kind of thing. And yeah. it's like, is there's a messaging yeah. in these films that is like, you can't escape your true nature. And these people's yes. true nature is to be killing machines. And you know, that's, they're just going to have to yeah. make their peace with that. So it's like, I think they could have done it the way you were saying, which is that Nick Cage gets into this fight. He goes to prison mm-hmm. for it. Then he has to kind of, do the same thing on this flight and then on this plane and then Mm. is kind of broken because of it. Like he's like, I don't want to be this person or, you know, maybe they could have made it that, that the crime he committed was not virtuous, was not, you know, in defense Mm. of someone and that his journey over this flight is to be like, Hey, I'm going to do the right thing for the right reasons. And then we can kind of get on board with like, I mean, look, it's, it's one of those things again that I park where I'm like, well, look, I, it's not like me watching him kill all these people is making me be like, oh, this is wrong. It's it's more just like it's interesting that that is his that murder <laughs> and and this kind of stuff <laughs> is often framed as like them redeeming themselves or yeah. or or you know yeah, achieving yeah. their goals or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yes, yeah, he's yeah. defending. He's he's. I mean, he's. We're we're kind of forgetting the fact. Yes, he's defending his friend who's kind of you know having his um. Uh, he needs his insulin. He's going to die unless he can get it. And he's also mm-hmm. defending the the female prison guard. Um, yeah. So he's he's doing those things, but he's doing them in the same way that the character at the start of the film would have as well. Yeah. So there's in that way, there's no change. There's no arc. There's no we've you know we've touched on it before, but yeah. that's why it's a frustrating watch because yeah. you, you you know it's it's like he's he, yeah I don't know he's he, he's yeah it's bad. right and you think that's both like in part because of the movie and then like the the cage doesn't do much to elevate what he has whereas i'm like the movie is like pretty baseline trash 
And then Nicolas Cage elevates it quite a bit for me, in my mind. Not trash. That's that's fair. fair. But I would argue that he's elevating it because of how hilariously kind of weird and bad he is in it. Not because of anything that he's doing that's good. All right. Let's... (laughs) Let us quickly breeze through this plot because I don't think the plane has taken off yet in the recap we've done. But I mean, you just keep going back to the intro of it. We know what happens. <laughs> it's like, like we're stuck at this one point. <laughs> okay, look, the plane goes up in the air. Cyrus takes over the thing. They hatch a plan. They do a little switcheroo at one point. Fucking, they land in some junkyard. Again, there's weird things that could be interesting and compelling but aren't. Like the fact that one of the prisoners... Part of the plan is that they're going to swap planes in where is it this this weird desert uh, this weird desert airstrip the Lerner yeah. airfield in the desert yeah um, but it it's confusing because the prisoner who who like is part of that plan double crosses Cyrus and then it's like yeah. why uh, yeah it's odd yeah that's the, the fact yeah, that's that not Cyrus really... has he, Cyrus has the plans for his scheme hidden in his in his old prison cell. And the the guards find it, and there's Dude. a weird bomb that goes off. Dude, like, there's nothing that annoys that, me. How does that affect what goes on in the plan? Uh, there's in the, nothing in the plane. that frustrates me more in these movies or makes me laugh than these than these discoveries of like the original plans that these masterminds had made. Right. Where yeah. it's like really like Cyrus like <laughs> cut the eyes out of the the, the last like oh, there's always yeah. some kind of weirdly thematic like oh he's u- using religious text and imagery like maybe religious iconography yeah like, and it's like that would be the the like I just the amount of thinking... shit like what what do you think happened first cuz like basically what you're describing is he has this picture of the last supper and he's chopped yeah. out the eyes of all the the 12 disciples or whatever in Jesus yeah and when you use that on this document you can you find this hidden secret message which is basically his plan but it's like what happened first did he get the text and then find the perfect picture where that would work and line up or did he get the picture and go okay now i need to find text where i can translate a message yeah this fucking works i think it i think maybe it was sent to him by because it says meet at carson airport or something like i don't know it it was so it was very confusing maybe where are the dum-dums Maybe we're the dum-dums. It's look, it's possible. And you know, like, like I really, I aped this point at the start of this recording, but it's one of those things where maybe in 20 years, we'll look back at this and go, man, we were real idiots. We didn't know what we were talking about. This is a secret genius movie. No, I don't um, think that's going to happen. You don't think that's going to happen in another, in another no. 25 years. Okay. No. All right. Well, <laughs> Makazakis, everyone. Um, what the fuck else happens? Dave Chappelle's character dies. He's relatively funny in the movie. He dies. By the way, he gets smushed. That, he gets smushed by the the, the landing gear yeah. and then and then thrown out of the plane with a secret message written on him. That I argue that was be, that was a funny bit though. Like, that, that was, was really funny. funny. His and body he actually just looked, like slowly falling, and yeah, the guy in the car that actually looked pretty good. That actually that falling body actually looked pretty good. I was impressed by that. Um, oh, that and then yeah, classic Brockheimer like we got to get some jokes in there. Yeah, we got to be some. We got to make a cynical joke that takes a yeah. swipe at someone and ruins. Basically, their like yeah, let's let's yeah. And so, he, the, but the thing is that the note that um that Cage writes on his his body to basically signal that hey, we're over here. Like the plane's going yeah. this way. Um, Chappelle's body would have exploded like a wet <laughs> bag of scoop. Like. No way would that T-shirt be legible. No, in no, any no, no, way. No. It was yeah, that was a. He fell from like ten thousand feet. 
yeah onto a metal car and an asphalt road like yeah. he would be a puddle yeah it, and like the person he landed on could have been a puddle i could have killed oh, someone for sure that would have yeah for sure yeah but they act as if it's like they've been knocked about a bit by like a like a whoa wow <laughs> <laughs> oh god what a silly movie fun though um yeah geez what else happens okay so that's what that's what clues larkin onto the fact that they've swapped the transponders we talked about earlier um the dea agents are going one way larkin goes and chases the actual plane which is heading towards learner airfield so they can swap planes and then go into a you know uh some country far away from the united states i guess um larkin does very little there he's just pretty much i mean he obviously tells he calls in the cavalry basically and there's a big shootout but larkin does very little but like watch and like the unfolding of events yes yeah and the cops are so the soldiers and cops are so dumb in that scene like it's really like they're in a huge desert and they slowly walk into the only part of it where they could potentially be ambushed which is like in this ravine i thought it was so funny as well that malkovich How many makes fucking guns like sorry you've just tapped onto something they have a yeah. whole bunch the, the, the convicts have a whole bunch of weapons right yeah yeah where the fuck do they get these weapons from i thought the plane under had no the, guns in it no it has that armor hold under the plane which they keep talking about even though in each sentence they're like no guns on this plane exactly except for the massive armor hold <laughs> <laughs> no which but i thought i thought larkin says find. i thought larkin says except for the one gun in the lockbox in the cockpit and that's it that is the one weapon we have. Um, but there's like an entire fucking armory. Yeah. Like, oh God. During this whole sequence, Buscemi's character, who is led onto the plane halfway through when they do like a, a prisoner yeah, this switch. This is this is uh, Garland Green. Yeah. He's who killed is, 37 people. And everyone is scared of him on this plane. Like the yeah. other prisoners are like, oh God, he's like the real baddie. Yeah. And they make his character into something that is like almost philosopher kind. Like I couldn't get the tone of what they were trying to do with him. He's almost At like an stage. Anton. He's like an Anton Chigurh type figure where he's yeah. got this strange, but, or he's got this, this interesting philosophy or these rules that he follows. I was like at one stage, cause he keeps throwing out all these curveballs to Nick cage where they're sitting on the plane together. Yep. And you know, he's like, he, at one stage he compares, um, working nine to five as, as yep. insane as killing like 30 people. <laughs> And then Nick, uh, the only thing Nick Cage, like the, the, the weirdness of their character dynamics is that Buscemi will say this thing that I think the audience is potentially meant to be like, mm, profound. And then, Nick Cage, <laughs> and then Nick Cage will respond with something like crazy is as crazy does, like, something like that, you know, like, it's like, please it's so, shut up now. Yeah. And then, like and then that. during this big shootout, Buscemi kind of just like wanders off to this weird, um, pool caravan park where there's, where there's this, a little girl i can't stress enough to people who haven't seen this movie how strange not only this scene is but like their location which is like in the middle of the desert there's like three or four caravans in this pool with this girl who's sitting in it having a tea party and then buscemi just goes and sits with her and the whole film the whole scene you're just thinking when's he gonna kill her when's he gonna kill her when's he gonna kill her yeah because well, that's he, meant to be the tension of that scene yeah and it's for me yeah. it wasn't very tense because i was like there's no way like either Nick Cage will come in and do something. So they were they were showing this scene, and in the original cut, the the the, the scene with Buscemi and this girl yep. having this tea party and singing songs went for like 
two minutes. And at one stage, one of the women in this test screening just got up and yelled at the executives at the back of the room and walked out and said, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> like, why are you torturing us like this? And then, yeah, like exactly the head of, is it Disney? Because Touchstone is the Disney, uh, like, they're adults. Yeah, the adult division, basically. Yeah. yeah, so Michael Eisner was there and he's like, we're going to cut that, right? And sure enough, <laughs> oh, yeah. But this, like, they should have just cut all of them out. Like, I love Steve Buscemi. He's one of my favorite actors of all yeah. time. Buscemi's yeah. the man. And again, he it's an interesting cast because he's an indie movie actor in this giant yeah. action blockbuster. But his character does, does fuck all. Uh, and, the, like... I was frustrated because I was like, seriously, cut this out. Nothing is happening. I don't, I don't care about the little girl. I know he's not going to kill her because this movie is not, will not be prepared to do that. And even if he does try to kill her, he'll be stopped. But number one, he seems almost like redeemed by her. She somehow sort of rehabilitates him in some way by doing this little sing-along thing. Yes, which it he then this... kind of uses to comfort himself when they're landing. He's like singing yeah, the same song. Yeah, he sings that song. And like, again, I was trying to figure out what this movie is trying to say about this whole thing. This man has killed 37 people. <laughs> like, have whatever, like, you know, argument you have on rehabilitation and yeah. and free will even if you want. Yeah. But like, he's like it's killed 37, 37 people, people in cold blood and you've you know got, do you want to say what happens to his character at the end well so it ends on this it ends with him escaping basically and going into a casino and rolling and playing roulette or something i forget like, his last basically life. he has escaped to the point where we are now to imagine that he's just like let loose on society yeah but it doesn't end like it doesn't end like hannibal uh, no like, it ends uh, like of the you're feeling lucky and he's like you bet and then it's like he's got the world on a string like <laughs> like you're like what the hell and then it goes Hot into dogs. the and then it goes into the full um it goes into the like college like universe like uh like college party like yeah, the ending, where it's like everyone's smiling, smiling and laughing and like what a great time and it's like lady was, luck, that was upsetting. Lady yeah. Oh me, lady luck. Blowing them doll. See what was interesting is I, I noticed this at the very start of the movie in that well, in that opening montage of um Cage's eight years pose eight years in prison, he has those die on his table, which is like it's either like we either see like the two ones and so he's got snake eyes or he's got a seven. And then it ends on him rolling. It ends on that green guy. Uh, what's his name? Garland Green, <laughs> rolling at a casino, rolling die. And I'm like, what the fuck is this movie trying to say to me right now? Life's a crapshoot, kid. Life's <laughs> a crapshoot. Sometimes roll. you kill thirty-seven people. Sometimes <laughs> you get off shut free. Hey. That would have been pretty good if he'd been to the roulette table and they were like, "What number?" And he was like, 37. And they were like, "That's not a number." That's not, <laughs> that's not a number, you idiot. No, no, I killed like, 37 people in cold blood. He um, describes he describes wearing someone's head as a hat. Across three states. Across three states. And I've then got he's this, just in this fucking... Can I read you these notes? I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, Buscemi comparing murder to working nine to five. What the hell? And then Who's I said, the real as, psycho here? Yeah, head as, head as a hat. Why is this girl in this pool? And then I said, God damn, Cage is jacked. And then I said, sigh. Onara, <laughs> which is which is the line that Cyrus says when he finds out after they get rid of the cops that his uh, his his prison friend has betrayed him, 
And right. so he lights him on fire in front of the other plane that he was meant to take. And the guy says, no, please, please, Cyrus, sigh. And then Cyrus says, Onara. <laughs> it's meant to be like Sayonara. Like That's it's fantastic. The most janky, weirdest, like sweatiest line I've ever heard. That is pretty genius, actually. See, there's, there's good bits like that where it's, it is funny stuff. Did it's you hear what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you acting like I said it was good? Sai, Onara. Oh, man. But I love as well. Oh, he's he's got a bunch of dumb stuff in this movie, like the the um the little diorama he makes for when they've got like ten minutes before the cops show up in the desert, and he makes that little diorama to be basically be like, we're gonna kill this person, and then like that yeah. was crazy. No, that's got a funny line as well, where he's like, it could have been elevated, but he he makes this diagram using pieces of metal and stuff like that. And he makes this diorama. He's like, okay, this is us, and this is the police. Time is of the essence, so I'm gonna keep things simple, something like that. Yeah. Then one of the prison inmates is like, oh, what's that meant to be? That's a rock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I liked that moment too. And I, I liked it because it was funny, but also it it was like, is that a is that homage to, to, to the rock? Like the movie? Ooh, a good point. I doubt it, yeah. but maybe. Well, didn't you hear they like audioed in like a, almost like a Wilhelm scream, but it was just like Womack, but like really quiet when he moved the rock? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would have been so good if he looked up and and saw like and saw Sean Connery's face in the sky in the in the like, like Mufasa like yeah, yeah yeah but he's not giving any advice he's just saying lines from oh, the movie my. he's just saying forget Maui <laughs> hey I told you for to forget Maui why are you in the dead? I told you to forget Maui um, oh god this movie when they take is off such a strange when happening. they take back off to the to, into the skies oh. um. And are pursued by the cops. They've got they're towing along the 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 sports car of uh, what's the what's the what's the Womack's name in this? Who's Womack in this? <laughs> uh, Malloy. 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 Um, they Roy. tow his car along, which uh, Cusack's character stole this beautiful um, Stingray Corvette yeah. Stingray. And the way it looks when it's being flown along <laughs> oh outside of the plane, did it remind you of anything? <sighs> It did, I, and I don't know what it is. It's like I'm a gonna, dream I'm gonna, I have. I'm going to tell honestly. you what it was. It feels I, like when that. you see the when you see it from the perspective of the plane, so the yep. the, the car is flying behind it. Yeah, yeah it yeah. looks like it looks like at any minute Harry and Ron, Harry and uh, Ron are going to show up and be like, have stolen. He like it looks like Arthur <laughs> Weasley's car, like in the no, second okay, Harry Potter film. No, 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 it does. It does. That. Go back to it and watch Why? it. The way, the, because, because it's blue. But also it's the way it's car? the way it's flying, it looks like it's the way it looks like Ron is about to grab the big steering wheel and be like, "Oh shit, Harry, where are we going to get to Hogwarts?" <laughs> like, oh shit! Harry. <laughs> I think you misremember that movie greatly. Like, didn't they? Didn't they intercept a plane full of criminals in that? In the same, like, I don't know. It felt no, like I thought it was, I thought a, it was train a crossover full of wizards. Oh, okay. I thought uh, it was a crossover. I can understand why I get confused. No, no, no. Um, it looked weird. I mean, like, hey, it was a movie from the nineties. You got to give them, cut them some slack, I guess. But it looked like a balloon that was so, floating behind them. Didn't look like I, a massive car because, like, there was. It was. Basically, there's this rope coming out of the back of the plane. It hooks onto the car, scoops it up, and that's why it's being towed in the air. But yep. there was this weird slack in the in the tether holding the car. I was like, it would be straight, right? Because there's a gigantic yeah. weight pulling it down. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say this, Tari. The first 
act of the film, meaning everywhere from the start to when they're in, when the prisoners are introduced. Yep. I really liked. It was fun. Okay. Then the middle section up until the all the cops all the, like the the big ambush in the desert. I'm like mm-hmm. I could leave all of that because it was kind of weird and and boring and upsetting. And then the the last bit basically from the Arthur Weasley's car, like Sweet Home Alabama needle drop all the way to the end. I'm like, the top and tail of this film are so much fun purely because of how insane they are. (laughs) I just found that the middle really dragged. Yeah. Um, But the end of it, like that Sweet Home Alabama needle drop was crazy. Yeah, it was weird. But, you know, he's from Alabama, so it makes sense thematically. You're right. For those of you who can't see my face, which is all of you listening right now, um, I'm making a face that contradicts the sentence I just said. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, (laughs) but it's there. What did you make? What did you make of when Bubba gets killed or gets shot? Um, What's his name? Oh, baby. Bubba Gump. When he gets shot, no, it's baby. Oh, what did you make? He doesn't get killed. He survives. He gets taken into the I love fucking... that you're like I love that you're like you will not disrespect this bullshit picture. <laughs> when when he gets shot, what did you make of Nick Cage's line where he says, "I'm just so afraid that God doesn't exist," and Nick Cage says, "I'm gonna show you God does," and then he goes and does all that. Like, does he think that Bubba can see him from where he is? Yeah, that yeah. felt odd because like they'd never mentioned their spirituality at all up until no. Like... So I mean, it, it would it, it would work. I. I didn't really like it, it wasn't jarring, but I found it incredibly jarring. Huh. Okay. Because it just like you said, it God, came out of nowhere. God cannot exist in a world where prisoners in a plane exist as well. It simply <laughs> those two things cannot exist simultaneously. Oh man. Uh I think trying to get back into the plot and recap it would be an exercise in futility. No, no, we're, we're there. That's what I was like. There? Once that happens, they, they're in the plane. They're going towards Las Vegas. Oh, okay. They crash. Sorry, yeah. this this entire thing feels like an 18... Uh, it I'm feels like through, a very I'm, interesting I'm going through my mold. notes, which are all, which are all in, I have in, my in notes. chronological order. I have my notes in relatively chronological order. Yeah, so you, it's a, a conversation. You can give me your thoughts <laughs> as well. I'm just saying the shit that I noticed... Don't I'm feel so like you sorry. have to then be like, "Oh no, where are we? <laughs> where are we in this masterfully plotted this masterpiece?" This film has given me dementia, and now I don't know where I am anymore. There's some point in this movie, again in this in this in this in the middle section, where one of the prisoners, um, Billy Bedlam, uh, starts to suspect that. Uh, Poe isn't who he says he is, and I guess we should state that. Poe pretends to be a prisoner who's got a life sentence so that he can stay on the plane with these prisoners and help them get apprehended by the police. The reason yeah. he's doing that is because his best friend, who he made in, well, his friend that he made in prison, fucking, again, I forgot his name, Baby O. Baby John or something. Yeah. Baby O has diabetes and needs his insulin or he will die. And so he, because he's a military man. Is that a funny pronunciation of diabetes or is that just how you say it? Diabetes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's just a dumb. <laughs> is that how you say it or is that no, how you say not. it? Oh, I okay. I was, for you to like, I, know I was waiting for it to annoy you. <laughs> you know, I, 
All I, I just trying to irk you. No, I just didn't know if it was one of those words that we. I didn't know if that was a, like a kiwi thing. It's not. Thing. It's not. Like, it's not like a. It's not like a yogurt, yogurt, vitamin, vitamin thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is the right way and the wrong way. And the wrong way is diabetes. It just sounds funny when you say it that way. <laughs> I think it's a bit from uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philly" to get completely right. off track. Right. Where right, he's right. like, "Oh, but I'm healthy despite the diabetes." Stop <laughs> calling it diabetes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that, so I think it's important to mention that's why Poe is still on this plane, but in actuality, he's a free man and he had the opportunity to leave the plane with a bunch of other prisoners during their first landing. Um, he chose to stay on the plane and pretend he had a life sentence and this was his yeah. only way out. And that's what Cusack is like being like, oh, we've got an ally on this plane. Yes. Like we, we can, they're, we can try yes. and get it. We can try and get it down safely. Cause and we got this guy there. Whereas everyone else thinks they're all prisoners without a cause, um, who can happily get shot down out of the sky. Cusack's character thinks this, there might be some good people on this plane. And of course there's obviously hostages. So they keep that in mind. And it's interesting um, though, because like in a diehard sense of like, you know, there's, there's, uh, Bruce Willis's character and the cop on the ground who they, they have constant kind of communication mm. together throughout the movie. So there's yep. kind of like a, but there's not that dynamic in this movie because Cage is on this plane and doesn't yeah. have any means of contact with and Cusack. And Cusack, so Cusack is, get, yeah. That's why you get things Cusack's like. never on Cusack's radar. No, basically. that's why you get things of like Cage having to write messages on corpses and throw them out of planes and then only get to talk to Cusack when they're at that one rendezvous point. And actually I will say, this is the seeding of the God thing where he says, I only trust two people. Uh, one of them's me and you're not the other one. So it's like, I'm, I'm guessing that he's trusting that big old man in the sky. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. The he big looks old up man at the in sky, the sky. It's, yeah. As in Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. We just diffused that joke. I'm so sorry. You set it up so well. And then I completely derailed you. I'm so sorry. That would have been perfect. Fuck. Uh, Womack. Yeah, he looks up in the sky and it's Womack. And it's Forget Maui. <laughs> um, Forget Maui. Okay. So, yeah, that's where a lot of the tension should come from. But yeah. because it's because Cusack doesn't know that, I mean, have he got like some kind of hint? Like, hmm, how did, the, how did they know to apprehend us here? There must be someone who's helping them on this plane. Mm. That does happen eventually, but right towards the end and it stops yeah. mattering. Yeah, that happened way earlier. There'd be a lot more tension because um, he'd have to think of a clever way to, you know, avoid detection and avoid him killing other people that he suspects might be wrong. Mm. Um, at one stage, Billy Bedlam um, starts to suspect Poe uh, because he's a murderer, and Poe claims he's a murderer, and he doesn't recognize Poe from his <clears throat> his precinct or whatever the prison he's in. Uh, so at one stage. This bedlam guy goes downstairs, finds the the finds Cage's belongings, in which is a bunny that he intends to give to his daughter when he finally sees her, reunites with her, or whatever. Uh, and he discovers that <clears throat> Poe is a free man. And then we get the famous line, those immortal words which you said earlier, which is "Put the bunny back in the box." Great line, very funny. I think he also wanted the bunny in the movie. I think that was like a Nicolas Cage edition. He wanted there to be some kind of totem about his innocence. Uh, And yeah, does anyone, I mean, it's it's, it's a plane. Planes are pretty noisy, but like, I just want to say like, did no one hear Billy? Cause they obviously have an altercation. They fight. 
Poe kills Bedlam. But like, did anyone yeah. hear that happen? Apparently not. Because no not, one discovers no. that. And then like, even after like, okay, no one hears it. Fine. I can buy that. But then like, I buy that. I buy that. I buy that. But then an hour, two hours, maybe three hours go by and no one's like, where the fuck is Bedlam gone? Yeah. Where's Billy? <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like know, a main player. Crucial to this plan. And he's just not here. Where Where yeah. is he right now? Yeah. They eventually find him. And uh, God damn, yeah. this film flummoxes me. The um, the whole the whole like because obviously after the 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 um, after the desert scene when they take back off, like you know they they're kind of on on borrowed time here where the cops mm-hmm. all kind of know where they are. They're all yep. in pursuit and uh, they can't really get to to the international uh, waters or like the 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 uh, what extradition countries that they want to try and mm-hmm. get to. Um, and so they have to kind of put the plane down in Vegas. Yeah. Um, the, the pilot who is also like a, a criminal, he seems pretty happy about landing in Vegas, even though it means <clears> that he's not going to be a free, like cage is just like, put it down in Vegas. He's like, okay. Earl um, swamp thing. What's his name? Earl swamp thing. Williams played by MC Ganey. So basically they crash land in Vegas, which this was a pretty cool sequence. Um, and I found out that they did it all in, um, all as uh like miniatures oh really um yeah they they built like a one sixth or one tenth scale model i can't remember what the ratio was but pretty cool like the the plane Mm. was like the size of a person uh and it was like a big miniature kit and they just kind Mm. of like they kind of like dragged it through the vegas strip at like Mm. 40 miles an hour and just filmed really close ups of everything kind of getting Uh. destroyed do some cool. uh, like some perspective trickery. It was very cool. Um, that's kind of the best things about these films, I think, is how they how they do how they do. Because I was watching it like this is an incredibly impressive, and I couldn't pick a lot of the CGI. Weirdly enough, like I was like, how did they do any of this? Hmm. Uh, and it was a lot of it was practical, purely just by by miniatures. So that was really cool. So you were um, won over by the the car being dragged behind the plane. You you bought that. That was, was the. The car was the best performance in the film. Okay. Um, the, okay. Sorry, the, little girl. The, <laughs> I I want to get into um, what the hell Cyrus gets killed by in the end. Like they're in Vegas. <laughs> How do they get into this kind of like industrial like well, okay, processing well, the, plant? Like, what's take going a few on? steps back. Set the scene. Set the scene. The, the plane crash lands in Vegas. What happens next? Get us I to mean, this weird contraption. The plane crash lands in Vegas. It slides uncontrollably across the strip. It's killing so many people, hitting a bunch of cars, hitting a bunch of street lamps. Things are exploding. It ca- it takes off the neck of one of the famous kind of big guitars on one of the buildings, which I thought was cool. Uh, and basically, as it's sliding along, um, Cyrus the Virus and and uh, Cameron Poe have their kind of big standoff. Cyrus the virus does one of the coolest dodges of a propeller that you'll ever see, which is just done so casually that it was like, I bet it was like the last day of filming and, and it wasn't even like an, a character choice. It was more just, um, it could have been the first day of filming. It could have <laughs> been, but it, it was the, just the tone of, of Malkovich's like steps through was just like, I don't care how, how hard this is going to be for the CGI artist to make look realistic. I'm just going to take a half inch step to the left. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah. So then, then basically, you know, it's the climax. So the bad guy gets killed, but the way that happens is that he, well, they make a last ditch effort to, to escape the police basically. 
They jump in a. Oh they jump yeah, in a, true. Yeah, they jump I in a. Um, after the plane crash, he gets flung into this thing. Yeah, we get a weird, we get a weird little buddy cop moment where a sort of partnership is formed between um, Larkin and Poe. They both jump on police bikes. They chase after this, the the remaining criminals, which is Cyrus and Swamp Thing. I think that's it. Yeah. They're in a they're in a fire truck and they're just racing down the strip. Um. Swamp Thing, I think I death. missed. Lots of I blood. think I missed Swamp Thing's death, but he gets basically like taken out in the. Pretty sure he seat. gets drowned. Yeah. So because they're in a fire yeah. truck, uh, Larkin gets the hose, chucks it down the somehow the the top of the of the uh, the, the the cars. Oh open yeah, up. I don't know run, how. Yeah. something's happened, and he just he just kind of drowns him using the hose. I think the thing yeah. explodes and he pops out or something like that. Yeah. Um, I know it's an action movie. I, I know it's a movie. Full stop. That should be enough of a reason to like put a stop to this but i will say it anyway nicholas cage he must be dead after this movie poe oh, yeah. must have died yeah there's no way he jumped off the back of that truck and lived to tell same the with tale. cusack cusack does the same thing cusack's a dead man yeah both are dead uh, yeah. and birkenstocks no cage's 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 daughter would have seen the whole thing been traumatized <laughs> for her life but yeah, basically Malkovich <laughs> flies off the truck, lands in, in oh. something that looks he he goes through like a few plates of glass, then he lands in he's he's basically in like a shopping department yeah. one second, and then the next second is somehow in some kind of weird torture chamber. He dies he lands three times gets, in a row. Yeah, basically. he gets his head gets smushed by like a like a, a hydraulic press or something. Yeah. I, um, it's a it's an industrial grade smusher, basically. We 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 have to we have to wrap up at, uh, soon, and the one that the one thing I wanted to say about this ending, obviously, we talked about the the thing we both agree on, which is how this is the very strange, like Cameron Poe seeing his girlfriend, his, his his daughter, and his his girlfriend, and how strange that kind of reunion is as a mm. as a kind of emotional ending. But the thing that annoyed me the most was how the banter between um, uh, Cusack and uh, the other DEA boy. Yeah, this this Lloyd. wasn't right as well. Where they kind of lean up against the car and they're kind of like joking and like, oh, we did it. And like, you yeah. know, they're friends now. And I'm like, they're like. Didn't buy that one bit. Well, it was more just that like they're acting as if like, hey, job, job well done. It's like this thing went so bad in so many ways. <laughs> And you killed, like, I don't get, what I don't get is You're Malloy. You're losing your jobs. Like, Malloy this will, is, you'll be scrutinized yes, 100%. This. this is not a movie which ends where the characters get medals. It's like, no, they should be, like, court-martialed or something. But it's like, yeah. Malloy is basically like, um, hey, I bet you're glad we didn't bring it down in the air, basically, because, like, you know, it's it's landed in Vegas. And, yeah, you know, aren't you I, glad I, we didn't shoot it down, I think is the Yeah, line. and it's like you both shouldn't be like, you should have shot it down. Like you should have shot it. Even if Cameron Poe was in there, you should have shot the plane down over the desert so that it didn't kill maybe three or 4,000 people in Vegas. Like innocent. You think it killed 3,000 people in Vegas? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think, okay. I think to be clear, I think the movie tries to, tries to show <laughs> no one getting injured. Conservatively, like, oh, no one dies, conservatively obviously. a few thousand people would have but died in that. But if this was a real movie, a conservative estimate would be in the thousands. You're saying, which is okay, yes. fair enough. I think Jerry Bruckheimer and 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 Cage would have would find fault with that. But I, th- you know, it's one of those things where it's yeah, people will have died in some way, even if it's, even like even if it's, even like if it's just like people. unintentional, like people just like people. having a heart attack from the side of that. Like you'd yeah. see that a mile down and go, "Holy fuck!" and your heart would give yeah. out. 
So, okay, fair enough. What Larkin says to my lawyers, yeah, next time, shoot it down. It's like, again, what's the lesson here? Was the yeah. lesson that Malloy, this like ultra fascist cop Avenger man who wants nothing more than to kill these prisoners. Uh, rather, You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if prisoners get away, that sucks. I mean, yes, they'll commit more crimes. We may apprehend them then, but this will that will suck. But the answer is, no, no, kill them and the innocent people as well, and that'll be good. It'll be a job well done. <laughs> They'll be, you know, my ties in Maui for us boys, basically. But yeah, like Larkin's takeaways, and I know he's being, I know he's being like sarcastic or whatever. But he's like, no, next time, shoot it down. It's like a, <laughs> it's like being spat in the face from this movie, where it's like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have watched this. Nothing happened. <laughs> you shouldn't have watched this. It should be the other way around, almost, where it's like. It's like Malloy needs to learn the lesson where he's like, you know what? Next time I listen to you or something like that. Or Malloy should just get killed by the plane landing like on his face. Like just like, what? Yeah. Just, like, or, or Larkin just gives him his keys back. Like, oh, here are your keys, by the way. Malloy doesn't seem to care. He's like, eh, I want a yeah. new car anyway. Eh, whatever. You're not so bad after all. Like, you're not going to afford terrible. You're not going to afford a new car after you get... <laughs> fucking court-martialed or whatever kind of disciplinary action happens when you fuck up this bad like <laughs> that's not gonna be on your priority list your priority list will be finding a good lawyer yeah fuck yeah. oh man um but anyway and then it ends on this weird weird note of the daughter crying profusely looking heartbroken yeah. as she's embraced by her dad him also a, a, looking a like a broken shell of a man yeah, it's these two strangers eyes. hugging each other. It needed a prologue where they go to some church Maui. in the middle of nowhere, maybe Maui even, and just celebrate the good times together. Yeah. But no, it ends on this weird... Oof. Ugh. God damn. Well, that's Con Air. Yeah. Uh, we have I mean, it's, one, yeah. one more episode in this series, Face Off, which is coming at you next week. Um, what are you thinking so far? Like, do we, we should, we should do the wrap up in the final app, right? And then we spin the wheel. That's the plan. Well, what, are basically. You, what are your final thoughts on, on, uh, on, on Con Air, if we haven't already said enough? My final word on this movie, and I guess on the, the cage trilogy as a whole, cause I suppose we have to speak to that in, in, in some capacity. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. The ending isn't that satisfying. Uh, it's a bit bonkers. It is considered like the quintessential '90s golden age action movie, and I can see why. It's got lots of action in it. It's got lots of one-liners. It's got lots of people with, and I'm sure they wrote this in the big print of the script. People with shit-eating grins. It's got lots of people walking away from explosions in slow motion. And the lesson is. kill or be killed <laughs> i think i mean i'd be hard pressed to find a lesson in this movie i'm sure there is one uh it's relatively eloquently good. eloquently yeah. eloquently said wait it's relatively what? good did you okay did you did you hear what i just said and you think that was eloquently put yeah what was bad about it you just said i'm just quizzing you on the last bit which was that you okay. said the movie's relatively, relatively good. good the movie's relatively good you know Did it feel like a music video to you? I know we need to wrap up. But did it feel like a music video? It's directed. No. Okay, so we talked about the director Simon West. He directed 
that now rather infamous um, music video for oh what's it called? Ne- never gonna never give gonna you gonna up give you by up. Rick Astley, which is used as the yeah. Rick Roll video. Yeah. You know what? That kind of sums up this movie. That kind of sums up this movie is I watched it and I felt like I'd been Rickrolled. <laughs> like you'd like, been like duped into watching this thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was, I didn't think, I didn't feel duped. I thought it was relatively fun. I love There your are a final, few things uh, leave a bad yeah. taste in your mouth. Like, you know, the actor's perception of the film and the work they did. Great, great final thoughts. My final thoughts are, I, th- I didn't like it. Didn't, I'm nodding my like head. It. I'm nodding yeah. my head silent, silently. Not for not for me. Not for you. But you know, also pretty good. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for our final installment of Cage Uncaged, where who knows? Maybe we'll be putting him back in the cage. Uh, we would oh. face off. Uh, I'm I'm thinking 1998. 1999, I don't... No, same year as Conair, man. 1997. I'm sure it was 97, yeah. The, it was a big year for Cage. Okay, well, yeah. join, us, join us for then. Man, for I'm that. so excited. I'm so excited for this. I'm, God, I can't wait. John Woo, man. Face off. Travolta. Travolta. God oh. damn. A duo as always, uh, fly safe out there. No. <sighs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye now. Maybe we'll go to Maui. Maybe, oh maybe Con Air, maybe they are in, pur- in purgatory on this plane. Maybe. I don't know. I doubt they're trying to be that smart. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Something was in my throat. <laughs>